It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs, and we have a great show for you today. Appreciate your time and attention and listening to us. Hope you didn't miss Matt Waldman last week. If not, go back and check that out because that was some of the best podcasting we've done in a long time. It's all about Patrick Mahomes. Today, we got an opportunity to talk with Cody Rourke, who's the Locked On Broncos host. And this division is going to be really interesting this year, so we want to take the time to go through it and really get with him and I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's kind of a special crossover we do every now and then. Um, and it, it was, just want to put out this as well. If you're somebody that you think you can run a daily podcast, we're looking for hosts for both the Raiders and the Chargers within this division. So uh, without further ado, let's get down to talking Broncos Chiefs. And welcome back. we got a special crossover episode for you guys today. We're talking with Cody Rourke of the Locked On Broncos. And, you know, we're two of the teams in this division that actually have hosts at the moment. So we're going to get down and dirty about what's going on with these teams. Man, you know what? I, I think it's crazy. And obviously, thanks again for having me here, Ryan. But for me, we've been trying to get that AFC West Summit episode going, but we haven't had hosts in the other two divisions, uh, two teams, unfortunately, at this point. So that's been a big bummer. But obviously, I, you know, my fans, the Broncos fans, really appreciate you and Chris's insight from a Chiefs perspective. They tune in a lot to get some insight intel. And obviously, it's good to hear, you know, be here with you and obviously the Chiefs fans as well, because, you know, very passionate uh, sports fans as well. So very excited to be doing another crossover episode here, especially since the last time we talked, I'd say it's probably been since the off season, really, you know, we haven't talked in a long time. A lot has happened in the NFL draft, free agency, all those off season additions and everything going forward, heading into 2018, as we start training camp this month. So a lot of crazy things going on. I have a lot of questions for you regarding the chiefs. So I want to touch base. This is the biggest question right now across the NFL media spectrum. A lot of people, you know, including myself, I, I've seen Patrick Mahomes' arm. It's a it's a cannon. We've even talked about this before in previous crossovers. He's got a really big arm, and he's got a lot of uh, potential from what I've seen on the field. We saw him start his first regular season game week 17 last year when the, you know, the Chiefs came up and they defeated the Broncos 27-24. Uh, that game was uh, pretty evident at that point. You know, you get to see a lot of promising stuff from a lot of young guys that don't normally get a play in the week 17 regular season finale. But Patrick Mahomes, he made a lot of those big plays where he was rolling out and it almost seemed like the Denver defense had him and he'd throw it and all of a sudden he'd have a receiver right in position he just has that kind of it factor my question is with him being the guy full-time now going into 2018 what is the talk around Kansas City really with the expectations on Patrick Mahomes as a first-year starter given how the season ended last year for the Chiefs the departure of Alex Smith what are the expectations for him going into 2018 you know, this is a train that is just kind of a runaway, to tell you the truth. There is so much national attention on what the expectation should or shouldn't be that you have all kinds of just crazy notions that, that you know, I've heard people talking about 35, 40 touchdowns, you know, 4,500 yards, none of which is what I expect myself. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be like the one guy with the hand on the brake of the hype train. 
And uh, so far, it hasn't worked out that well for me. But he's – I almost think he would have been better off in terms of expectation if he hadn't played against the Broncos uh, in, last year in Week 17. Because, like you said, he showed enough of that that willingness to get hit, that willingness to hold the ball to the last second and take his wallets when he needs to, that he's still going to deliver the ball. And, and that just lit up – Chiefs kingdom, but also the national press, a lot of analysts about how that's such a, a mature position to take and that what he can do when he delivers the ball in the face of a pass rush that's like that, especially with Vaughn, it, it's hard to hold that back. So expectations are sky high. And I would say that's not a bad thing necessarily. I remember the same thing just a few years ago when the Denver Broncos had Paxton Lynch. The expectations were sky high. You know, I, I'd say it's a little different comparing the two because I'd say Patrick Mahomes was a more established quarterback in college down there at Texas Tech rather than, you know, Paxton Lynch was at Memphis in the collegiate system. I think Mahomes has a great army. He's got a lot of factors, in my opinion, that really make him a candidate to succeed in the NFL. However, based on looking at the season last year, the way it ended for the the Chiefs in the playoffs. I would almost hazard a guess and say that Andy Reid might utilize the approach of using Kareem Hunt more often than none to really take a little bit of that pressure off of Mahomes getting into his first full season as a starter. Now, Kareem, he emerged in the NFL last year. I just did a piece over at predominantlyorange.com talking about, you know, ranking the top running backs in the AFC West. And up there, the top two guys is Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon of Los Angeles based on the year that they had last year. Kareem Hunt really surprised me. You know, for a rookie, he didn't really look like a rookie in a lot of stages. I'd say the only time he looked like a rookie in the NFL was his first carry against the Patriots where he fumbled. After that, he was a completely different person, and he runs with authority. He's a hard guy to bring down. Do you think that Andy Reid is going to utilize an approach where they try to establish the run game more often than they do air it out? I thought they aired it out more so this last year than they have in recent years to, you know, in, in my honest memory at that point, because Alex Smith, he wasn't really much of a passer. They had him manage the game and utilize a run attack, obviously with Spencer Ware in 2016 and Jamal Charles previously before that. Now they have a guy in Kareem Hunt, and they have some very solid backups at the running back position. They have some weapons now, obviously adding Sammy Watkins in free agency. What are your thoughts on Andy Reid's approach into utilizing the fact, knowing he's got Patrick Mahomes coming in his first year as a full-time starter, having some good role players around him? Do you think he's going to utilize those strengths? You know, I I think he's going to make the most out of a number of players that really need the help to step towards the next evolution in their career. And I'm glad that you bring up the run game because I've been preaching this the whole time. A rookie quarterback's best friend is the running game. And Andy is Andy. And for Broncos fans that might be listening, it's tough because Andy wants to throw the ball all over the yard. And he, we've seen a dip in the percentage of run calls over the last couple of seasons. And it's something that I track on a week-to-week basis, and I keep a, a strict eye on it. Um, they've got a great fullback, and I'd like to see him run a little more power and a little more often, to tell you the truth. And the only thing that makes me think that you might be right, that maybe they're going to give Kareem a little bit more of a, an outing, is the fact that uh, with Matt Nagy moving on to Chicago, they have promoted Eric Bieniemy to the offensive coordinator position. Um, now, we all know Andy's going to run the offense, but having the coordinator who's a running back, by history, by coaching, a guy that wants to be physical. He enjoys physical backs. Uh, I think it's something that may help get Kareem maybe not exactly the same touches because he he did have quite a bit, and they want to pass the ball so much. Being an an agile pass catcher helps him out there but may limit some of his carries. So 
I think you're going to see probably a little bit of balance and end up right about that 35% line where Andy likes to hover. And I say, you know what, looking at the Chiefs last year, and I think looking at all the offseason moves that they've had this year, they've taken some key losses to the team. Obviously, Alex Smith being traded to Washington, that was a big move there. You know, I almost kind of had, you know, I seen it all throughout the regular season last year on Twitter, getting on during the Chiefs game when the Broncos games weren't playing. And if Alex Smith was struggling, you always had those the fans calling for Patrick Mahomes, you know, Alex Smith had a career year last year. He had a phenomenal year. I don't necessarily blame the playoff loss to the Titans on him. I felt like they kind of got away from the run a little bit, starting into the third quarter, being up 21-3. to And, you know, the, the game can change a little bit. But obviously losing Alex Smith, a, a guy who's a veteran game manager at one point, he's gone. You have, uh, you know, a guy stepping in pretty much essentially as a rookie quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. You lost, you know, guard Zach Fulton. You lost Albert Wilson. You lost Benny Logan. And even lost some key guys defensively in Marcus Peters and Tom Bahali. Who are some of the guys that are going to step up in terms of, playing where Tom Bahali played, and who's going to fill the void that Marcus Peters leaves when he went to L.A.? You know, the big theme is youth. Uh, in the Alex Smith trade, they did get Kendall Fuller, and he is the guy that is going to be looked to to be the leader of that cornerback group. Uh, a guy that is, I think I wanted to say he was like third in PFF rankings in the slot last year, and he's going to roam a little bit. He's uh, They have two corners they feel can play outside, and Steven Nelson, who the Broncos fans are uh, familiar with, as well as David Amerson, who came over from Oakland this season. Uh, they say they're going to play a lot more press than they have, but I expect off-man to be fairly prominent as well. And so it's going to be a familiar look for what the Broncos are going to try to do against them, but they're going to be able to rotate. The three of them will be fairly interchangeable because Nelson can play inside as I think is still Fuller's best spot, and they can flip-flop as well. So the youth movement there is, is really what it's about in being able to not put all your eggs in one basket uh, and, and rely on Marcus Peters, who unfortunately was not with the program uh, top to bottom, good player on the field, but a lot of times just didn't want to play the defense as it was called, and that's that's part of the issue. But on the other side, there are young players all over the place, particularly as you were asking about uh, pass pressure, a couple of draft picks last couple seasons uh, in Tano Passano, as well as uh, Breland Speaks, this year's second-round pick. Uh, both guys that are not like Vaughn, right? They're the bigger, stouter, uh, could play a D end in, in a four man front uh, just as easily as, as a stand up linebacker. Um, so they've gone away from the smaller outside LBs that are just speed rushers. And that's, they're trying to get a little nastier. They're trying to get a little bit bigger. Um, D Ford is, is labeled as the starter, but he's got a back issue from last season. No one's sure about where he's going to be. So that's what you're going to see from the pass rushes, those rotation, those three guys. But I think the leader of this defense is also young and somebody that you're going to see take a hold of it. And that's Reggie Ragland in the middle. If he can get everybody aligned right, get better at getting pre-snap reads done, I think uh, the defenses stand a chance to make a, a pretty good improvement. Well, also factoring the addition of Anthony Hitchens from Dallas. That's a bit, that was a big move, in my opinion, for the Chiefs as well. It gives them a little bit more solidarity on the interior. He's, he's got a guy that can align guys properly. And, you know, Reggie Ragland, like you mentioned, he's a guy, in my opinion, when I go back and I look at the game tape, he's a guy that has improved Every year, obviously, I think more so he's going to be a guy that's going to have to take on that leadership role on the defense. You, you know, you lose some of those guys as well. But you guys also, you know, had the addition of Sammy Watkins. In my opinion, looking back at Sammy Watkins' history, obviously playing in Buffalo, playing in L.A., you know, he battled injuries in Buffalo. Can he stay healthy in Kansas City? And he's, do you think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a standout target for Patrick Mahomes? 
you know, the question of his health is really the biggest concern about him. Um, the other one was that he's new to the offense, and this is an Andy Reid system that's, that's really complex, and it usually takes guys a season or two or three maybe even to get the, under the reins. They initially announced him as an X, and that that's what he was going to play. And what we saw in OTAs in preseason was that, uh, that they're moving him all over the field. He is um, enveloping the offense rather quickly. And from a mental standpoint, he was ready to play all three positions. So as long as you hope that the the transition, uh, another new team to be with, another training staff, uh, if he can keep himself you know, healthy throughout the season. I think he's in a position to do what he hasn't been able to do in the past and moving all over the field, both sides in and out. And with finally another target on this roster, that's faster than him. So he doesn't have to be the token deep threat. And I think you're going to see him take a step forward. My only question remains, how long can he stay healthy? Absolutely. Well, you know, like you mentioned, adding a guy like Tyreek Hill, who's got unbelievable speed, use him in the jet sweep. A lot of times in the kick return game, he's a weapon. And also we have Travis Kelsey, who, you know, unfortunately his playoff game ended with a concussion. He's back on track, ready to start the 2018 season. They do have some weapons around Patrick Mahomes. So if I'm Andy Reid, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I have some comfort in knowing that there are pieces around Patrick Mahomes that can help alleviate the pressure. Well, you know, you don't always have to take the big shot downfield. We've seen Tyreek Hill really evolve as a deep threat last year. And to be honest with you, he's a guy that if I'm an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator for that matter on the opposing team, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, we have got to avoid giving up a big play to this guy. We can't kick to this guy and defensive backs, you know, we we can't have that type of presence where quarterback has time to throw because his speed can get away from guys. He's got that breakaway speed. I think the Chiefs will be fine offensively. It's going to be a challenge, but I look forward to seeing, you know, obviously the matchup between the Broncos and the Chiefs this year because there have been some additions on both sides of the teams, you know, with Denver offensively, defensively, as well as Kansas City offensive and defensively. I think they've reloaded to enough to where I think the AFC West this year can be one of the more competitive divisions in football. We almost thought it was going to be that way last year. It ended up being a two-team competition between, you know, the Chiefs and the Chargers late, who won nine of their last 12 games. And so I think the AFC West has a chance to really evolve heading into 2018, and I'm excited to see how it all folds out. I am as well. Why don't we take a quick second? We'll come back and we'll talk Broncos because I think your guy has a lot to do with whether that's going to come true or not. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're back with Cody Rourke, and we're going to flip it over and talk about the Broncos and their offseason. And the guy that I think really emulates what has to happen for this team in this division in order for, like you said, the division to be competitive top to bottom, the acquisition of Case Keenum. Is he a guy that can take these tools and make this offense run at a pace that they can keep up with the other teams in this division? 
Well, certainly right now, reports coming out of OTAs. Obviously, minicamp, I had a chance to go down there and, and see everything. He is more in command of the huddle and of the players and of the offense than Trevor Simeon was in the last two years. And he's an instant upgrade. Now, whether or not that translates onto production in the regular season, we'll have to wait and see. But obviously, with training camp coming up, we're going to get a bigger tell at that. But one thing that's notably different and that is absolutely better for the Denver Broncos right now is the leadership that Case Keenum brings. Now, he came into training camp, not training camp, but mini camp and he said that he wants to earn the right to lead these players and he didn't really have to do much because the way he played the way he commanded the huddle players really took to it and they said it's drastically different Emmanuel Sanders Demarius Thomas said it was noticeably different and he also just orchestrated a passing camp with Demarius Thomas Emmanuel Sanders and Broncos receivers and speaking of receivers you know, they had the additions this year in the draft, two guys in the draft that I think can make an absolute difference for the Denver Broncos, not only just this year, but even with Demarius Thomas and Manuel Sanders either go somewhere else or retire, and that's Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State and Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Those guys are going to see pivotal minutes right away for the Denver Broncos in 2018, and, and it just gives more weapons for Case Keenum to throw to. But everything right now points to Case Keenum being an absolute upgrade right now at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning as of right now because the Denver Broncos, 2016-2017, the Trevor Simeon experiment did not work out. Paxton Lynch couldn't get onto the field, and now you have the dilemma going into training camp for the backup quarterback spot. Can Paxton Lynch beat out Chad Kelly, who didn't even play last year? We don't really see much on Chad Kelly except for his college tape. He's going to have an opportunity to be the backup to Case Keenum this year, and Paxton Lynch has a lot to prove. But as of right now, the Broncos offense, in my opinion on paper, right now I think it'll be better in 2018 than it was in 2016 or even 2017. Well, and it may be, but they got to have some balance too. And And my question is, for a team that, needs to protect the quarterback a little bit. Why a better way to phrase this, we'll we'll get to CJ in a second. Who's going to run the ball for them without CJ there? <laughs> this is a big question. I would say right now for the Denver Broncos, the one position on the team that is the most concerning to me is the running back position because there is no experience necessarily at the position. You have Devontae Booker who backed up CJ Anderson last year. Now CJ Anderson's off in Carolina. Now Devontae Booker has showed flashes, bits and pieces of being able to maybe be a premier tailback for the Denver Broncos. However, consistency is the key and he hasn't displayed that amount of consistency that everybody is like to see from a running back. So now obviously they brought in with the third round draft pick Royce Freeman out of the University of Oregon, who in my opinion, I think he's going to be the prime candidate to start week one against the Seattle Seahawks. And here's why. At the University of Oregon for four seasons, he had over 900 total carries in all four years playing. And I got a chance to see him play live for four years. And for me, seeing him and obviously him going to the Denver Broncos, there's a good connection there because He's the type of tailback, in my honest opinion, that fits what Bill Musgrave wants. He can pass block, and he's a threat out of the backfield, and he runs in between the tackles, and he can lower his shoulder on guys. He's, in my opinion, if he can stay healthy, which he's proven over the course of four years, being a guy who can carry the ball maybe 250 times a season, maybe you don't want to get a guy 250 carries a time per season because you want to preserve yourself in the NFL. It's a lot different. It's a lot more physical. But the Denver Broncos have a stable of running backs where they can really maybe even utilize a tailback by committee, which has been a popular route for a lot of NFL teams, the Patriots, the Falcons, for example, over the last couple of years. They have D'Angelo Henderson out of Coastal Carolina, a guy who really shined in the preseason in 2017 for the Broncos, but they didn't put him on the field in 2017. So unfortunately, his only action that he saw was a week 17, like we saw Patrick Mahomes 
that was the finale against the Chiefs and the Broncos, and he caught a screen pass for a 29-yard touchdown at that point. He's a guy that should have seen the field a little bit more last year. C.J. Anderson was actually relatively healthy last season, so that was a big reason you didn't see a lot of tailback by committee. But right now, with the lack of experience at the position for the Denver Broncos, they're going to utilize Royce Freeman, D'Angelo Henderson, and Devontae Booker. And and obviously, consistency is the key. Whoever is the most consistent of those three guys will probably see the you know the majority of the carries for the Broncos. I could anticipate maybe the starting tailback for the Broncos will get at least maybe 25 carries per game, and then you're going to alleviate it between five to ten carries per the other guys. So you know Bill Musgrave has simplified the offense a little bit. It's easier for the players to pick up, according to Devontae Booker at mini camp. So you know those are some factors I really look into it. But like you said, Case Keenum cannot do it all. He's got to have like you know he's got to have people around him that can make plays. And it all starts with the running game. If you have no run game. You make it easier for NFL defenses to stop you because they can just play the pass. They can cover. They can send everybody. If you can't run the ball, you know, you got to be forced to throw it. And then we've seen in the NFL when you you have to rely on throwing the ball, the likelihood of success is obviously not that relevant for your team at that point. So that's definitely a factor we have to look into 2018. Well, real quickly, and we don't need to get bogged down on it because I know everybody loves talking offensive line, but one position in particular that, that I kind of make fun of around local media is because I don't think they made any effort to fix their offensive line. And so my question to you is, from what I hear, it's, it's a battle between Max Garcia and a guy that I liked coming out of college. Who I liked him for his athleticism, but he hasn't developed at all. Can Connor McGovern actually be a starting right guard in this league? I believe he can. You know, one thing that really stood out to me about Connor McGovern that gave me kind of a glimpse that he could participate and be a guy on the offensive line as a guard. Originally last year, he was the backup center for the Denver Broncos for Matt Paradise. He actually played center in the preseason when Paradise was recovering from hip surgery. Connor McGovern actually really stepped up pretty well in the final three or four weeks of the regular season when Ron Lurie went out with a back injury at right guard. He had to step in, and he actually played pretty well, and he got to the next level. He did a lot more than Max Garcia did. Max Garcia, right now, for the Denver Broncos, based on his career, he's been the most inconsistent guard that the Broncos have had in quite some time. So I would say Connor McGovern has a shoe-in right now with the advantage on Max Garcia. Obviously, they're even factoring in that Menelik Watson could be a guy. He's been in minicamp moving to guard a little bit, learning guard, and he could even contribute as a guard where I think he might be a little more suited than he would be at tackle, especially in the AFC West where you have all these pass rushers that are big, physical, or speedy. You have to have a right tackle, I think, that is rangy enough to get that, and I think they got that in Jared Valdir. Now the question is, can Jared Valdir stay healthy? He was a cheaper pickup, I think, for the Denver Broncos that got him via trade at that point, and that's where the Denver Broncos have been at tackle for the last couple of years. They've been acquiring guys for a lower price Obviously, Russell Lacoon from Seattle a few years ago. Donald Stevenson last year for the Denver Broncos. He just retired. Um, you know, So I think at this point, the Denver Broncos, they're not necessarily spending a lot of money on the offensive line, but they're trying to get pieces in place, obviously developing guys like Billy Turner, where these guys can step in if needed and be ready to go. So let's take a quick second here. We'll come back. We're going to talk about Bradley Chubb, that pass rush, and the Broncos defense. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, on the other side of the ball, one similarity between these two teams that that I've been carrying through the offseason is the pass rushers having, quote-unquote, a down year. And Von Miller and Justin Houston both were, what, nine and a half sacks? Yeah. <laughs> that must be device. the nice. I wasn't sure. <laughs> but, but both of them suffered, I thought, from a lack of a pass rush partner on the other side and, and not having a bookend. And obviously, they made the huge splash in in – Bradley Chubb falling to them and, and made that selection as they should have. Shane Ray's on ice. Um, you still have Shaq Barrett in there, but is Bradley Chubb uh, the designated starter? Is is he ready to actually play in the NFL? Absolutely. Joe Woods came out in minicamp and said that Bradley Chubb has done everything. He's going to be the week one starter opposite of Von Miller. He, you know, he's he's a big guy. I don't know if you've had a chance. To, being in Denver, being able to go out and check out minicamp and things like that. But Bradley Chubb is absolutely huge. Not, not even his shoulder pads. So when I saw him without shoulder pads, I'm like, man, is he wearing pads? But he actually wasn't wearing pads. He's a big guy. He's fast and, and he's very, very physical. And I think you're, you know, you nailed it completely in terms of having a, not having that pass rush partner. The Broncos, I feel like Von Miller, the first year after not having DeMarcus Ware, Really, I, I think, struggled because teams would essentially double-team, triple-team him and also help out with a running back on his side. And it would be harder for Von Miller to get to the quarterback. Now, the previous year, you still had DeMarcus Ware, who was battling some back issues. Shane Ray was relatively healthy at that point in 2016, and they were able to get to the quarterback a little bit. However, this past year in 2017, Von Miller didn't necessarily have a lot of help from the opposite side of things. You know, Shane Ray went out in training camp with a hand injury. He had to have surgery. He returned week eight on Monday night football against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he ended up being more of a defensive liability for the Denver Broncos than an addition for them because he was really trying to play with one hand. He was favoring his hand that he had surgery on, the, you know, the whole mental psyche of an injured athlete at that point. He wasn't that effective. He tried making tackles with one hand, and we couldn't generate necessarily a pass rush on opposing quarterbacks. And that made it hard for the Denver Broncos secondary to really have the type of year that they had in 2016 and even 2015. When you have a good pass rush and you have good corners, you're going to have a very good defense. But when you have, you know, good corners and you have, you know, a lack thereof of getting to the quarterback, it's going to be hard to cover for a lot of times because as we saw in the Week 17 game, Patrick Mahomes sometimes, he had more than seven seconds on some place to throw the ball. The average play lasts about 4.5 seconds. He had about seven, sometimes eight seconds of a play. So it, it's hard to cover for that long, especially when you run man coverage against some speedy, speedy guys. But I think having the addition of Bradley Chubb opposite of Von Miller, that's going to make Von Miller's job and the defense's job a lot easier. And to be honest with you, there's a theory that I've been floating around in my head. If the Denver Broncos, obviously they declined Shane Ray's fifth year option with the team. He's going to become a free agent next year. If they don't trade Shane Ray this year, I have a strong feeling that Shane Ray could end up in Kansas City you know, next year, what would your thoughts be on that? You know, I, I floated the same thing a few weeks ago when the it was confirmed that he was going to miss time in the regular season. Uh, he's a local guy, played at Mizzou, uh, has an arrowhead on his shoulder or something. I mean, it just makes too much sense. Whether there's mutual interest or not, we'll we'll have to see. They're investing in young pass rushers right now, so I, I don't know. I, 
<laughs> I don't know. I got one more question for you, though, because you mentioned something that's going to be important. As the Chiefs trot out all these these weapons, uh, and they're looking to go four wide fairly often, obviously we know Chris Harris, we know Bradley Roby. Who are the other corners that are going to be forced onto the field to try and guard some of these receivers? Oh, this is a big point, too. This is another area of concern for the Denver Broncos right now, just because there's a little bit of uncertainty with the departure of a keep to leave via trade this offseason. That was a big, big move. I wasn't necessarily really happy about that because he just brings in edge. He's a great cover corner. you got to deal with the other stuff that comes along with him. His loss was definitely big, but there's no question that Chris Harris and Bradley Orby are the number one and number two corners for the Denver Broncos this year. We're going to see Chris Harris bump to the outside more often this year than we have seen in his career. Bradley Roby opposite of him. And we could also see Bradley Roby cover the inside guy. But the Broncos acquired, you know, um, Tremaine Brock this year from the Minnesota Vikings, a former San Francisco 49er. He's a veteran guy that's been in the league a while. He's going to be competing with their pickup, their third-round pickup in Isaac Yadam out of Boston College. Now, Yadam, to me, when I go back on his game tape, the things that I really like about Yadam and why I think he can play right away for the Denver Broncos as a corner, he's got very, very, you know, flexible hips. He's very rangy, lengthy. I would say he's about – his wingspan really reminds me a little bit of Champ Bailey. Now, play style, not necessarily completely Champ Bailey's, but but his, his wingspan, his ability to get his hands stretched out, that's a difference maker, especially when you have teams that love to throw the out routes to the sticks. He's a guy that can really hard press people, and he excels really in man-to-man coverage. His you know weaknesses at this point, from what I've seen, is struggling a little bit in, in uh, you know zone coverage. But at that point, with the coaching, the addition of Greg Williams as their new defensive backs coach, I had a chance to talk with him, and he's very very excited to work with Yadam. And he said that he's coming along very quickly, and he's actually doing uh, pretty well in the DB room for right now for the Denver Broncos. They added all these guys and they even added Sua Cravens who we're going to see bump out and cover some guys some slot receivers as well and some of those sets where you mentioned that the Chiefs will go out four wide you're going to see that kind of dynamic for the Denver Broncos this year but right now it's a competition at camp between I think Yadam and Tremaine Brock heading in there and Brennan Langley's an underdog guy that really struggled last year heading into training camp and throughout the NFL regular season he's going to try to be a little bit more consistent this year but the defensive back position right now for the Denver Broncos is going to be exciting to see but it's going to be a big change without a keep to leap. Well, folks, that's your Chiefs-Broncos crossover for this preseason on the run-up to training camp. Cody, appreciate you doing this with me. And, folks, if you haven't checked out Locked on Broncos yet, or if you are a Broncos fan, if you haven't checked out Locked on Chiefs, cross over for a little bit. Honestly, we're the only two teams in the division that are worth following. So, Cody, thank you for your time. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I always appreciate doing this. And as the NFL regular season joins us and we prepare to face each other, we'll be doing this here again. For sure, for sure. Folks, have a good one, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.